All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Daily Faceoff Live show. It's Wednesday, October 5th. We're streaming live on YouTube as well as Twitter and Facebook. And I'm joined today by former NHL defenseman and good friend, now current Chicago Blackhawks analyst, Colby Cohen. Colby, how's the preseason treating you? Just like you'd expect, it's preseason, Frank. <laughs> I think uh, you don't want to overreact, you don't want to underreact, and you kind of just ride that wave until opening night. I think just for NHL players, too, you just try and get through it is also the other part of it uh, that a lot of media people are feeling now in bold prediction season. We'll get to some bold predictions in a minute, but first, let's work our way through the Atlantic Division as we continue our division-by-division previews. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, and let's start with the top of the Atlantic Division. This, to me, is perhaps the most unpredictable division in terms of who finishes at the top. You had Florida last year, Colby, which cruised to a 122-point season. They ended up firing their head coach, and they ended up making a seismic change to their roster, including trading defenseman Mackenzie Wieger and Jonathan Huberto, their 100-plus point scorer, to get another 100-point scorer back in Matthew Kachuk, who is, in my estimation, a franchise player. But when you size up the Florida Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, two really good teams last year that didn't make a ton of changes, where does this all come out in the end? Which team ends up being on top when it's all said and done in the Atlantic? Yeah, that's a good 
Good question, Frank. And when you look at the division, you know, I think the regular season for Tampa Bay, we've noticed over the last couple of years, they want to make sure that they're in an okay spot, but they don't put such an emphasis on winning down the stretch. They feel like they've got that veteran core of guys who can really flip the switch. But, you know, ultimately, um, I like the Paul Maurice hiring. I think that that's an experienced coach who brings a lot of um, you know, kind of swagger to that group, you know, and you add a Kachuk to the mix, who's a playoff player, in my opinion, the way he plays, I like him more than I like Uber Doe, uh, to help that team kind of push through to the next step. So the way I see this division shaking out Colby is exactly like it's listed on your screen. I have the lightning in the one spot followed by the Leafs and then the Panthers. I think the Panthers are still going to be a hundred plus point team. I just don't think it's going to come as easily for them this year as it did in their 122 point campaign last year. You think about how everything went right for that group, setting a salary cap era record and goals scored for a single season. A lot of people, for whatever reason, seem to be forgetting about the Lightning. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they go to a fourth straight Stanley Cup final. When you have a core four like those guys do in Andre Vasilevsky, Victor Hedman, Nikita Kucherov, and then Braden Point up front, they have an embarrassment of riches and talent. And then Toronto, they have a 60-goal scorer in Austin Matthews who still missed 10 games last year and could conceivably do a bit more this year with a group that I think is still just as deep on paper. The one question mark for me on the Leafs is in goal. Yeah, look, I think that that's a fair assessment, but I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. They are going to end up at the end in that order. How they finish the season, though, Frank, to be determined. I don't think that matters as much to a team like Tampa Bay. Yeah, and I would agree that it doesn't really mean anything to Toronto. It's all about what they do in the postseason. You have to break through this year. I feel like we've been saying that forever for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but if you don't win this year, I don't know how you could possibly bring back the same group without making a substantial change. Last year was different. They took the Tampa Bay Lightning to Game 7, lost by a goal, and that team, of course, went on to the final. Perhaps more intriguing, Colby, than the top of the division is what happens in the middle of it. I think we're all kind of expecting or projecting at this point that the Montreal Canadiens will be carrying up the rear. I think they're a couple years away from really being competitive, but you look at the off-seasons that the Ottawa Senators and Detroit Red Wings had, and the team that actually finished above both those teams is the Buffalo Sabres. So I'm going to throw another three teams at you, those three, Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa. What's their order of finish? Yeah, I like uh, Ottawa to finish first to those three teams. I really like what they did this offseason. Obviously, Alex Dabrinkit, he's a perennial goal scorer. Uh, you pair him with a guy like Claude Giroux, who – you know, can pass the puck. And I think Giroux is going to be really motivated. I think he took a lot of heat in Philadelphia. Things didn't pan out all that well for him in Florida at the end of last season. Uh, so when you add those factors together and you think about, you know, Giroux dishing the puck to Dabrinkit on the power play, I think they're going to be wildly successful this season. You add a little bit of sandpaper with a guy like Tyler Mott who can play up and down your lineup. You know, he was good for the Rangers in the playoffs last season on their run. Uh, and ultimately, I think their goaltending situation will be a little bit calmer with Cam Talbot. I know he's injured right now, Frank, but ultimately, I think he's a guy that can win you a lot of hockey games. So I like them to finish above those three. I still don't necessarily think they're a playoff team, but I ultimately think Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit is how those three teams are going to shake out. 
It's a lot of ground for any one of those three teams to make up to get into the playoffs, considering how far behind they finished the Boston to the Boston Bruins last year, who were in fourth place. You know, it's 30 plus points to make up from last year. I don't necessarily see that happening. And I would tend to agree with you that Ottawa would be the front runner of this group, but the Cam Talbot injury gives me some question marks, at least to start the season, likely out at least for the first month. And then you look at their defense core, and I think it gets thin in a hurry. They need Jake Sanderson to have a big season. Uh, lots of expectations there. Perhaps they can add to their group as the year goes on. But when I look at Ottawa, I say their their front end, their forwards are certainly more top end than what the Detroit Red Wings have at the moment, at least, in my opinion. But I look at Detroit and I say, man, they have some really smart players. Andrew Kopp was a huge addition for that team. And when you look at David Perron and how underrated he's been the last few seasons in St. Louis, that's a key addition. On the back end, they get a little stingier, tougher to play against with someone like Ben Sherratt. And I'd like Detroit's goaltending way better than the Ottawa Senators at this point. Uh, Vili Husso, a key addition from St. Louis, and Alex Nedeljkovic, you know, do you see, uh, since you said Ottawa is going to be ahead in the group, how far is the gap between Ottawa and the playoffs? You know, I'm not sure it's going to be that far because I think Boston's a little bit of an unknown this season. You know, they've got a lot of injuries that they're dealing with early on. They've got a new coach. And, and I would say the same about Detroit. You know, you've got a new head coach in there who's obviously comes from this winning culture in Tampa Bay. There's familiarity between him and Steve Eiserman, but you know, I just think that uh, Detroit's got some work to do. I really do. I, I agree with you on the goaltending. Um, but I, I think Boston is a team that, that could be a little susceptible to being caught by Ottawa. And Frank, I saw your article, 32 thoughts and 32 bold predictions. And I think Jacob Chikrin could very well end up in Ottawa. I think he's a target for them. They're, I think they're working on signing to Brinkett long term. They're showing other players around the league that, these guys are here for a while. And so ultimately, I, I just like uh, I like Ottawa right now in that group. So it's almost like you've done this media thing before. That's a perfect segue into our bold predictions topics. And we'll start in the Western Conference. And when you look at uh, some of the, the bold predictions that have been out there, I mean, where do you start in terms of, uh, you know, looking at the looking at, um, you know, some of these bold predictions like Bruce Boudreaux, to me, is one that stood out. And it, I've received a lot of feedback on social media, Colby, so far. Uh, when I made the bold prediction in today's story, which you can now read on dailyfaceoff.com, which is Bruce Boudreaux will be the first coaching casualty of this uh, season. And you look at it and you say, well, look at the job he did last year. Look at how that Canucks team finished. How could that possibly be your thought process? And I'll explain it. One, it seemed to me like there was some friction there between Boudreaux and the front office uh, at the beginning of the offseason and that he asked for and did not receive an extension from the Canucks. He had originally signed his deal for one season and a half. So the half was to finish last year and this full season. And then I look at the Canucks and their camp. It's been really rather underwhelming for a team that has a lot to prove. Their best players have not been their best players. And that's really the big thing with Vancouver. If their stars aren't playing, what do you have left from the rest of their group? And not only that, but there just hasn't seemed to be much push from guys that should be banging down the door for that team to make that roster. Uh, Colby, what do you have in terms of a bold prediction for the West? 
Well, just to clean up a little bit on what you were talking about, you know, for these younger players, which are really the stars in Vancouver, Frank, training camp should be about dominating. These are not players who have been in the league for 10 or 12 years and they're using training camp just to, you know, feel their way through. Like I watch Patrick Kane in, in these preseason games and I'm not worried about Patrick Kane. When the puck drops against Detroit on opening night, he's going to be Patrick Kane. But I don't know that about Hughes, and I don't know that about Pedersen. These are young players who really do need to show up in the preseason. So I agree with you on that, Frank. I think it's a little troubling, some of the word coming out of Vancouver. And I think Boudreaux could definitely be on the hot seat. But I'm going to go a little south, and I'm going to say Las Vegas Golden Knights. And I think a lot of people are writing them off because of their goaltending situation. I think Logan Thompson is going to have a good season for them. I think Bruce Cassidy is a very talented coach at putting structure in place for his team. I spent four seasons with him. Uh, I was very difficult to play for him, but he knows what he's doing as far as setting the structure. He's got John Stevens running the defense, who's another guy who's a details coach. I think they'll protect Logan Thompson. I think Jack Eichel's highly motivated talking to him throughout the offseason. And ultimately, I think Vegas is going to be uh, in the in the top spot of that Pacific Division. Were there any other predictions that I made in the West that you didn't like? Uh, yes. Um, you made a handful of predictions in the West that I <laughs> did not like. And uh, we'll go with... Um, geez, I lost my notes here. Um, where did your 32 predictions go here? We're going to have to go back to that on the East Coast because I exited out of the window That's fine. and I had it all written down. So, we'll so let's uh, so let's talk about some bold one. predictions that I made in the East. Um, and when you take a look at uh, Austin Matthews, that's the one guy so far ahead of time, like before you should even realistically be talking about it. Austin Matthews has two full seasons remaining on his contract, the five-year deal that he signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs out of entry level. And yet everyone's wondering, is he going to bolt? You know, everyone keeps saying, what about the Arizona Coyotes? Will he eventually go home? I think Austin Matthews put a lot of that to bed during training camp when he said, Toronto is my home. I have absolutely zero doubt that Austin Matthews is going to remain a Toronto Maple Leaf for a long time. And I'm backing that up with my bold prediction in that he ends up signing a the NHL's first ever max contract, eight years 16.7 million dollars so that's 20 percent of the salary cap and the max term it'd be the first one ever uh brad richards did sign for 20 percent in 2005 but in that case he did not sign for the max term and that also rounds out to a very tidy 134 million dollars i think some of the thought process with matthews is maybe he's a little bit of a trendsetter a guy that would sign a five-year deal uh maybe to maximize his earnings but even if you do two five-year deals that's 70 million dollars which is still 16 million bucks you are only saving or earning about six million extra dollars so i think in this case maybe you take the security and sign uh, for a major deal if you're uh, number 34 in Toronto. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see Austin Matthews leaving Toronto anytime soon. Now, I do think there's an opportunity for him to look at what's been going on in the NBA with superstar players over the last five or so years and look to a shorter opportunity. You know, a guy like him, I don't know him personally, Frank, so I don't know if he's going to value security or not. To me, he reads as a guy who's willing to roll the dice and he's willing to bet on himself. So I think he's going to make a lot of money either way he goes. And ultimately, I agree. I think he stays in Detroit. I mean, excuse me, in Toronto. 
Now I'm going to go ahead and give you what I think is a bold prediction. And I think a lot of people probably uh, will laugh at this and say they can't win in the playoffs, but I think this is the year Toronto does win in the playoffs. I think they're going to represent the Eastern conference in the finals. I think that playoff series against Tampa Bay uh, is reminiscent of teams in the past that have had to have those growing pains, whether it was St. Louis who struggled, whether it was, you know, some of the years where Chicago would lose in the first round and then you'd see them reload and come back the year after. So I think some of those growing pains that they faced last year will ultimately help them get over the hump. And I think we will see Toronto in the Stanley Cup final and maybe even an all-Canadian Stanley Cup final this year. We shall see. Toronto Edmonton would be unbelievable in terms of drama and also to see the talent on the ice if you were to get a Connor McDavid going up against an Austin Matthews I actually do have one Canadian team in the final in my bold predictions the Calgary Flames I have them losing to the Carolina Hurricanes in the final that's my bold prediction and you can read them all on dailyfaceoff.com let's uh let's bring in Stephen Ellis let's talk prospects with our first edition of the new wave this year when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yes, it is the next wave uh, with Stephen Ellis delivered by DoorDash. Pleased to welcome in Stephen Ellis, our new associate editor and writer at dailyfaceoff.com. He's going to be our prospects analyst as well. Stephen, did you get your rookie lap in before today's hit? Absolutely. It's been a fun few days to start things off. Yeah, awesome. We're thrilled to have you. And, uh, you know, when you look at some of the young guys that are busting into the league and, and going to make their mark this year as rookies, uh, the Calder Trophy race to me feels like it's wide open, uh, more open than it has been in years past. So which one of the big name rookies really excites you for the Calder? Obviously, you're looking at guys like Matty Beniers, Owen Power, the favorites. The one guy I really want to see this year is Mason McTavish. We saw how good he was at the World Juniors. And last year, he kind of exploded everywhere he went. And I think the one thing for him as a prospect, you're looking at him, and he's physically dominant. He knows how to put pucks in the net. Uh, he 
probably shouldn't have been playing junior hockey last year. Probably wasn't the best uh, use of his time, but he played in the Olympics. Again, we saw him in the NHL and the AHL, so we saw him play everywhere, and he looked good everywhere. So I think that, you know, the World Juniors, two months before the NHL regular season begins, so there's a bit of time off, but let's see kind of how, how much momentum he can carry, how much he's looking into that experience and taking it towards going to the NHL. The Ducks are going to be a fun team moving forward, and he's going to be a key piece of that. Steven, we as media members like to create a lot of narratives. We like to pump guys up. We can take guys down. There's all sorts of mix of that going on. But I got to ask you, who aren't we giving enough love to? What rookie out there are we forgetting about and we're not mentioning at the top of his game? Well, you guys were talking about bull predictions, and my bull prediction I made about a year ago was the Ottawa is going to be the next uh, Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. And part of that uh, is going to be because of Shane Pinto coming in there and playing a big role. Obviously, a lot of attention on on Jake Sanderson, and uh, we know he's going to be a good defenseman. But uh, when you come back to Shane Pinto, he's very good at faceoffs. He missed pretty much all of last season with a shoulder injury, but he played well in those five games he played. He was playing around 20 minutes a night. And Ottawa's depth down the middle is really impressive impressive right now you got josh norris you got tim stutzla now you throw in a guy like shane pinto if he's your third line center that's a very good third line center we knew that he could produce in college we know he could produce at other levels uh and this is his good opportunity and ottawa needed some extra scoring depth and i feel like this kind of addresses a need so i wouldn't be shocked honestly if he's in the the calder race at the end i know he's maybe not a top prospect a top name but i think that he's uh just his overall skill set is something that's gonna get a lot of uh, people paying attention to him yeah, Stephen, the future of the Ottawa Senators is so dependent on those guys from North Dakota. Pinto, a big part of that. Sanderson, what step forward will he take? Jacob Berner, Docker as well on their back end. Um, you know, Uri Slavkovsky uh, has generated a ton of buzz, as a number one overall pick always does in training camp. And, you know, I think it's it's fascinating to see the reaction from Canadians fans as he has navigated his way through this training camp. Will he start the season in the NHL? I don't know why he wouldn't, given that you have a free nine-game look before you could potentially send him to the AHL. But what is a realistic expectation in your eyes for Slavkovsky this year? What would you consider a successful year? Well, it's not like... You know, Montreal will be worse off with having him in the lineup as it is. Um, this is a guy that obviously everyone or a lot of people were really shocked he was taken first overall. And um, But this is a guy that when you look past his play in the Finnish League, he was very good in the Olympics, very good in the World Championship. And he, compared to a lot of prospects his age, he's got a lot of experience against men. So you kind of look at this and say this transition should be easy. But it's not. There's nothing like going to the NHL. So, yeah, his preseason hasn't been fantastic. And his rookie tournament showing was definitely not good. Um, but I feel like he's getting a bit more confidence. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good against the Leafs. I think he's continuing to get um, better for every single game. But um, we're still talking about a guy who was just drafted a few months ago. And that's a quick transition. And yeah, he played a lot of hockey last year, more than a lot of prospects, but he did bounce around between levels. You know, he's playing against older competition, something guys like Shane Wright, Logan Cooley didn't have to do. So uh, I do think that um, definitely temper your expectations. I think actually going to the AHL wouldn't be a bad thing for him to get his confidence. Like you, for a top prospect, there's a lot of pressure. You want that guy to get a lot of, of confidence. And I feel like if he doesn't deliver in the first nine games or so, send him to the AHL. Cole Caulfield, that worked out really well for him last year. Uh, they don't need to rush him. They can be patient with him. So if he's not making an immediate impact, send him to the AHL. I fully support that idea. But uh, I'd say, guys, he was just drafted a few months ago. Don't expect the world from him right now. 
Yeah, Stephen, and I think Owen Power last year playing in college was a good reminder for everyone that you don't have to play in the NHL right away as a number one overall pick. That was the trend for so long. That was the expectation, and perhaps it was unfairly set when you have guys like a generational talent, like a McDavid or Matthews that step in and produce right away in the NHL as an 18-year-old. It's so incredibly rare and hard to do. That seemed like it was the norm, but that's not always the case for every prospect and every draft class. So uh, fantastic analysis by you, Stephen. Looking forward to having you on all year long uh, on the next wave. And also uh, check out Stephen's new uh, early 2023 draft class rankings. He's got a full top 32 up on dailyfaceoff.com. Thanks so much to Steven for joining us for the next wave delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo code there at the bottom of your screen. Game day 25 gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with DoorDash. This has been the next wave. Thanks, Steven. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Well, Frank, and there's some interesting... Colby was excited to uh, to follow up on some hot prospect talk. Well, uh, let's dive into our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Throw a question into our chat on YouTube and make sure to hit the subscribe button if you enjoy the show. Wanted to ask about Matt Barzell's massive contract extension signed with the New York Islanders on Tuesday. Eight years, $73.2 million, if my math is correct. That's an AAV of $9.15 million per year. So my question to you for a guy that hasn't quite hit his uh, rookie year threshold in terms of point production, is this contract extension overpaid, underpaid, or just right? I'm going to go overpaid. I, I worry about a contract like this. And I think that, you know, when you see where this team is trending, you see the uh, production in the playoffs, you know, and I look at a guy and I'm thinking, are we going to win with Matt Barzell leading the way for us in the playoffs? And, and that's sort of the question that I come back to really amongst any of these superstar players, these all-star caliber players. So, you know, I just need to see a little bit more from him. And I actually was surprised to see Lou hand this contract out, kind of knowing the way that he does business. Um, it was definitely a little bit of a surprise to me. But I, you know, Frank, I, I don't foresee the Islanders being a great team this year. I don't foresee them being a playoff team this year. I don't think last year was a one-off. I don't love their roster. I think that they've got some serious holes. I was surprised that they stood pat this year. Uh, but ultimately... I think it's a little bit of an overpay. Yeah, it feels like a little bit of a reach to me as well. I know that the cap's going up, and that's, of course, the argument that the agent is making to Lou Lamorello there. Like, hey, if this guy gets anywhere close to a point per game at $9.15 million in, in four years, halfway through the contract, it, it'll be a bargain. Uh, and that may be so, but he's got to get back to that level. And I think the other bet, perhaps, that the New York Islanders in here, Colby, is that with the coaching change, with Lane Lambert taking over for Barry Trotz, that was one of the big criticisms was – you weren't getting enough out of Matt Barzell. His system was designed in a way that it was so defense-focused and oriented that you weren't getting the offensive you needed. And, and in this case, hopefully that the coaching change will help spur uh, Matt Barzell back to his rookie point level. I just think at a certain point, five years into the league, you fair to say you probably are what you are? Uh, absolutely. And I'm going to say this. I look at the makeup of the New York Islanders and – I think Barry Trotz was the right guy for that roster because I think Barry Trotz looks at who he has and he realizes this is the way we need to play to be successful. And, you know, you saw it with Ovechkin. You know, he let Ovechkin rove around because Ovechkin 
was producing at that clip. You know, all coaches make exceptions for certain players. And I just don't think he kind of earned that exception. When you look at his numbers, look, they're good, but they're not blowing you out of the water. So, you know, I, I was a little bit scratch, you know, a little bit of a head shaking moment there with Barry Trotz leaving. I think Lane Lambert, again, wasn't expecting that to be the hire. Um, I've heard sort of mixed reviews and different things about the way their camp has gone, his level of structure that he's looking for, kind of how he maneuvers things. I do like the fact that they brought in Doug Huda to run the defense. I think he's done a really nice job uh, throughout his career of getting the most out of his defenseman, moving the puck while still defending. So it'll be interesting to see, but I, I have a feeling this is a contract that will eventually be hard to trade. Fascinating year on tap for the New York Islanders. Let's bring in Tyler Remchuk with our daily face-off, daily bet segment. Tyler, uh, we talked about 50 goal scorers yesterday, so that brings yeah. us to the Rocket Richard race. What are you feeling? What do you see? Well, uh, it's all courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. They have the odds up, and this is another line similar to McDavid with the Hart Trophy that I'm just stunned that it's set where it's set. Austin Matthews has won the Rocket Richard in back-to-back -back seasons, and still you're getting him at plus 180 to win this thing. That means if it's a $100 wager, you're going to profit $180. And I just look at the numbers last year. You had Matthews finishing five goals clear of second place Leon Dreisaitl, despite the fact he played seven less games, and we we watched Matthews. We know what he's all about. It's not like he went on some insane sort of shooting percentage heater or something like that. His shooting percentage last year was actually almost a full percent lower than it was the year prior. So I see no reason why Austin Matthews can't win the Rocket Richard again. And at this price point at plus 180, I think it's a no-brainer to make this one of my future bets for this season. Uh, even if he, again, doesn't play all 82 games like he did last season, he should be fine. Even if someone like Dreisaitl or Ovechkin, or you can go down the list to Kaprizov and Kyle Connor, even if they take a step forward, again, like I just don't see them finding or finding a way to catch Austin Matthews. And what I love about this plus 180 price point, even though I'm not going to be doing this, is if you like one of these guys, a Debrinket, a Connor, Ovechkin, even Connor McDavid, you could kind of do like a half unit sprinkle on someone lower down the board. And because Matthews is paying up plus 180, it's almost a little bit of a hedge, but I'm just going straight up one unit, Austin Matthews plus 180 to win the Rocket Richard. I think the slam dunk, Frank. Yeah, I just think, Tyler, the only thing you have to be concerned of and why that line is the way it is, is because of injury. I mean, it's not out of the question that Austin Matthews, who's had back issues before, had a wrist issue that he was dealing with. You know, the big thing that prevented him from getting to 50 before last season was the injuries. And so could he miss 30 games? Like, I don't know that you could, you know, count that out. So that's what you have to factor in for in terms of uh, looking at this bet for Austin Matthews. Uh, still think it's a pretty smart one. I was riding that train last year. I got in at plus 250 before the season started. And uh, that ended up working out quite nicely. Uh, thank you to Tyler for our daily face-off daily bet segment. That brings us to garbage time. And uh, I usually cede the floor to my co-host here. But in this case, Colby, feel pretty passionately about the ever-arrogant stance of Hockey Canada, which doubled down in their Canadian Heritage Committee meeting on Parliament Hill on Tuesday, where they were answering questions with their interim board chair, Andrea Skinner, uh, taking questions and remaining defiant, saying, we're not changing our organizational structure that they, uh, she felt that Scott Smith, their current CEO, uh, earned an A in terms of a grade for how that they've managed this entire uh, fallout from the scandal involving the 2018 World Junior Team and uh, the payment that was made to the woman uh, to settle the case. 
this has been unbelievable to watch develop. And I think we've had a new step forward. When you, you hear the arrogance, Colby, from Hockey Canada, with Andrea Skinner asking, will the lights be on at rinks if they make a structural change to their leadership? Are you kidding me? Are Canadians going to stop playing hockey? They're going to close and shut the rinks because Scott Smith is no longer the CEO of this team. As I said, ever arrogant. And we finally got a step forward uh, from Hockey Quebec on Wednesday morning, which voted for a resolution of no confidence, letting the public know and hockey players across Quebec know that uh, their registration fees will not be funneled over to Hockey Canada, that they are going to be withheld uh, until some changes are made. So this, to me, Colby, is the first step in the process to seeing some meaningful change if you stop the flow of dollars and, and finally have some of these provincial hockey authorities uh, put their foot down. Yeah, it's certainly a situation that, you know, has to get cleaned up. And usually when you have these types of issues, you have to go to the top. I mean, that's why people at the top of big organizations are paid what they are, because the buck stops with them. And, you know, people will always say, well, I didn't know this was going on or I was unaware or whatever the case may be. When you're at the top of the food, uh, the food chain, the buck stops with you. And ultimately, that's the CEO. That's the, you know, the chairman of their board. And. Uh, you just got to hope this doesn't affect young hockey players. You know, you hope that this doesn't shut the door for any of these kids in Quebec, um, really, or anywhere, because they figure their situation out with Hockey Canada. But ultimately, we want our young hockey players to still have every opportunity and to be unaffected by, you know, missteps and, and you know, poor leadership. Honestly, I believe youth hockey players everywhere will be better off with a change in leadership, a fresh approach. Uh, let's do things a bit differently than they've been done in the past. I mean, will the light still be on? Are you kidding me just because you have a change in leadership? No, Colby, suddenly Canadians are going to wake up and stop playing <laughs> hockey. Don't believe it for a second. I, I saw that quote and it was a headline quote. And I had to click because I said, this can't be. They This I, this has to be out of context. I just couldn't believe that quote. I, I've heard you now say it a couple of times. It's, it's an eye roller. It's a head shaker. Like I said, when I saw it, I was like, this has to be part of a larger set. I couldn't believe that that was spoken. Yeah, I think the entire approach from Hockey Canada has been a head scratcher as well. I feel like there's lots more to come on that front. Another uh, hearing coming from the Committee on Canadian Heritage uh, sometime right around Thanksgiving. So uh, keep uh, in tune to that. Uh, all the latest will be on dailyfaceoff.com. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube if you enjoyed today's episode because that'll do it for Daily Faceoff Live. Pleased to be joined by Colby Cohen as well as Stephen Ellis for the next wave. Thanks to Tyler Remchuk and our technical producer in Alex Allard, Brennan Bradley on graphics. Thanks so much. We'll be back 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us on Thursday as we we continue and finalize our division by division previews. We'll be back with another edition of Daily Face Off Live. Talk to you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Face Off Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.